Welcome to Two Guys in the Bible. My name is Eric Bupold, and with me, uh, as always, is Dylan Keniston. Hey, Dylan, how's it going this morning? Going well, Eric. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, doing real good. And uh, for those of you who might be just tuning in, uh, we are a... uh, uh, a discussion, a weekly discussion on culture and theology from a biblical perspective. And this week, uh, for episode number four, we'll be looking at the topic of marriage, which, of course, is uh, a deep topic, a, a big topic, and one that has both theological and cultural, uh, I guess, uh, qualities to it. And so just... Uh, Throwing it out there, just you know, just to start off the conversation this morning. Um, Are you even married? Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I am married. You're married. I, I am married. I was just making here's, sure. Here, I got the ring right here. You got here. the ring. I got the ring. Amen, right brother. Right. I was just making sure. Ten years, by the way. Ten, <laughs> ten years. years. Ten years. Yo, just celebrated ten years. Praise God! Didn't y'all go? Where'd you go again? To Canada. To Canada. That's right. That's right. But that's Prince right. Edward. Prince Edward Island. Island. That's right. Very cool. That's Excellent. Right. Praise God. Highly recommended, by the way. Uh, yeah, we might have to check that out when when Emily and I hit ten years. What year are you at? Well, we're at te- year ten. Well, we're at year. Okay, so we've been dating. So we've been together. You're not married yet. Quote unquote dating. You've been dating. Well, so far. Well, we've been married for. Let's see. We got married in. Um, Oh my goodness, you're putting me on the spot. Pretty sure (laughs) she's going to kill me if I'm wrong about this. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, let's see, what year is it? We're in 2018. No, I'm just We got married in 2012. Excuse me, 14. 14. 14. 14. Okay. 2014. Four years. Um, Yeah, so about four years. But we've been together for about 10. We were like college sweethearts. Oh my goodness. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I was a knucklehead and slow to... Yeah. Slow to get slow a move to on. commitment. Slow to commitment. That's yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just well, me, just me being a bonehead per well, usual. I'm, I'm glad she finally domesticated you. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she's incredible. She's in. a remarkably patient woman <laughs> <laughs> to be able to put up with me. So, <laughs> so I think all I think our wives are that. Yeah, that is God. important. <laughs> that is absolutely important. So, I guess to throw it out there to kick off the conversation. Uh, Throw it out to you there, Dylan. What is marriage and why is it important? What is marriage and why is it important? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we'll get into some Bible texts here shortly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think big picture marriage is um, something like a a parable of the Lord's uh, covenant with his people uh, into eternity that we... Uh, that we reflect, we have an analogous relationship, you know, till death do us part. Um, it really reflects that covenant. It's kind of meant to be a picture of heaven, I think, mm. in, in the sense that, you know, there's there's no parting there, right? It's it's a it's a it's a covenant that is uh, firm. It is fixed. It is not grounded on anything um, in us per se, right? It's it's grounded in uh, God's grace, and similarly uh, with respect to uh, marriage. Um, it's not so much grounded in, um, I mean, we, I love my wife and very happily married, um, but it's not grounded in that happiness, right? It's grounded in that covenant, that promise, uh, such that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a picture, right? So our, Mm -hmm. you know, our marriage is a picture of the fact that in heaven, um, we are there, uh, there's no parting, there's nothing that can come between, uh, the Lord and and his people. So, yeah. Um, one passage that, as you were talking, that comes right to mind. I think you were thinking about this as well, probably, is Ephesians 5. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll just read it right here. Um, I'll read the whole thing. I mean, there's a lot we can talk about with this passage, but from verse 22 to 33, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 
for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, mm. and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we'll stop there. But uh, obviously we see Paul making the argument and he's quoting from uh, Genesis 2 uh, you know, the, with, the, with creation as far as a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And then he, Paul, is saying that this refers to Christ and the church, kind of like what, what you were getting at. So it seems like we see a glimpse at creation at the beginning. You have um, God making Adam from the dust of the earth, saying that it's not good for man to be alone, and then creating Eve, and God presents Eve. He brings the bride to Adam, who is the, uh, in that way, son of God. In that sense, he's the first, you know, the first Adam is also a son of God mm -hmm. in, that, uh, in that sense there. But then we see later on now Jesus as the husband, the uh, uh, I guess the the the, uh, the pinnacle of, of of that picture there, and the bride being uh, the church mm. there, uh, being presented to him, um, uh, holy and without blemish, without spot or wrinkle, uh, which is which is interesting there. So uh, I think that's an interesting connection. I think it's a beautiful connection there. Any other? You have uh, what thoughts do you have on that one? I mean. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great point. I mean, the, the, one of the things that makes marriage so important uh, as a as a subject and as something to think through carefully um, is this is is the fact that it has this very rich uh, biblical trajectory uh, built into it. So, so for example, like you said, we're we're coming all the way back to Genesis, and and Paul is tying that into this passage in Ephesians. So at least we have, you know, all the way from Genesis to Ephesians. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, it goes all the way to Revelation, right? We have the yes. wedding supper of the Lamb. Yes, um, and then bride being presented. And then the bride being presented, that's right. And then similarly, all throughout the Old Testament, there's this very rich um, biblical theology of the Lord and his people, and the Lord kind mm. of marrying his people. Mm. And he, you know, um, God's people are his betrothed. Yeah. He, God's people are those whom he has set upon whom he has set his affections. Yeah. Um, so, for example, uh, Ezekiel sixteen, I passed by you and saw you. Behold, you were at the time for love, so I spread my skirt uh, over you and covered your nakedness, and I also swore to you and entered into a covenant with you, so that you became mine. Um, and he's talking about how look, he he takes care. He took he's picturing Israel as his bride, whom he saw and and took care took in and took care of and loved. And kind of gave this covenant love. Um, 
So similarly, we have that trajectory then running all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And then in, in, in the Old Testament, you have the Lord, you know, Yahweh and his people, the Lord and, and, and Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the fulfillment of the, some of those trajectories in the New Covenant with Christ and, and his church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that thread, that trajectory through all of Scripture lays groundwork for how for a lot of really important application and kind of like what you know a what marriage is um you know b the the parties that it constitutes Mm -hmm. right you always have for example it's binary Mm -hmm. right we're not this is not polyamory right well how do how do we know that right well there's a lot of ways we know that in in particular texts but even beyond particular texts you have this trajectory where it's always two yes you have the lord and his people you have yeah. Christ in his Christ church. In church yeah. Right. So 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 there's it, it becomes, you see, this this bed of um of foundational uh principles from which grow a, a kind of thoroughgoing definition of marriage mm-hmm. that has very rich application in our own marriages, um and, and in our lives today in contemporary society. Yeah. And you know, interesting thinking about how our current society understands Marriage. Um, it's interesting that uh, that uh, marriage in our culture today is. It seems like it's seen more as a contract mm. or a social construct, if you will, mm. rather than like a covenant. So I know we can talk more about covenants and contracts later on at a different time. But real quick, I mean, it seems like a lot of folks that I've talked to who aren't Christian or even maybe some Christians who don't fully think, you know, understand or think through these things, they approach marriage with the idea that, well, it's about what's about what I'm going to get out of this, mm. you know? So if, if the other person doesn't provide what I expect them to provide, um, it could be a variety of things, um, then we can, we can end this thing. We can call it off. We can call it a day, and I can uh, separate from that person. So... Um, that is kind of like a it's a self it's a self-centered self-focused you know what do I get out of this relationship more like a business contract really and if the other end if the other side doesn't keep up their end of the bargain the deal's off and we can um, we can be done with it and I, and I think that's a, a sad uh, reality that seems to be setting in in our culture it's not so much a covenant of promise you know for richer for poorer in sickness and in health till death do we part that's a, that's a strong covenantal promise that basically no matter what happens, no matter what you do, I'm going to be faithful uh, on my end. Um, but it seems like it's, it's, it's reversed now. And would, you, would you agree with that? Do you think that you know, the, the culture is going that way or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would. I think Tim Keller has a really helpful way of putting, in, putting this. And, and he, it just, rem- just the way you describe it there mm-hmm. sounds like something that, that Keller had said. He says, you know, if you think about... Um, Think about a business relationship where there's just a contract, and then on the other – so that's one end of the spectrum. On the other mm-hmm. end of the spectrum, think of a friendship. Okay. So wh- yeah. wh- what do we think of when we think of a friendship? Well, if it's a friendship, there's not any paperwork. 
that goes into a friendship. <laughs> You're just friends, right? It well, just kind my of friends natural. Have, I have paperwork. You have paperwork I for do. your friends? I keep oh, track of yes, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but like typically, unless you're Eric, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you have like, you don't have paperwork for your friends. The friendship just kind of, it's very um, dynamic. It just, organic. It, organic, it mm -hmm. flourishes and it, it ebbs and flows. And it just, it just is. And some friends come into your life, they come out of your life and they come back into your life later. And it's just, it's a friendship, right? And yeah. So that's, that's one end. And on the other, end you have a you have a contract with a business partner it's very firm it's very legal it's very yeah. set in stone yeah. and both parties are obligated to the contract yeah okay so if you think of these two uh, keller says think of these two on either poles and th th think of marriage as kind of like this um strange union of the two mm. where where you you are friends and 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 the love there is is genuine the love there is is organic and and it's something that um for for which uh, you don't want to think of it as kind of like constrained to a legal text in in one sense on the other hand though it is right it, it is mm. it is a a covenantal a legal piece it, it takes the best of both of these mm -hmm. things it takes the fidelity of the of the contract side mm -hmm. and the and the intimacy the intimacy thank you good word yeah. Well, the, I'm trying to, yeah. No, but that's good. But the intimacy of the friendship side, and it and it takes these two and it blends them in a way that is unlike any other kind of relationship or institution mm. uh, in in the world. Um, so I, I just I thought just you know riffing off of what you were saying there, I think that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. and I think that the the marriage not just being a, cov a covenant like that, but it, it's divine origins. I mean, yeah. it's instituted by. God himself. It's the very first institution yeah. by God. I mean, we could talk more, but generally speaking, there are three major institutions that God has created. We see in Scripture, the first is the family, which starts with marriage, okay, the institution of family, family government, if you will, the marriage government. But then you also have uh, the civil government, which is established hmm. as well, and then the church hmm. uh, is established, those three. But Marriage being the first, it seems like that is the foundation of human society and culture. Um, I mean, so what do you think? Like, how, what, how vital of a role does marriage play in the society, in human culture and society? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a huge role, right? It, like you said, it's, it's the crux of, of the family, and the family as an institution is the is the bedrock of of much it's the bedrock of civil society in many in many respects um yeah i would say it's it's a very pivotal part um so that i mean that's part of the reason of what constitutes its importance right this is why it's important to think these things through um together you know carefully biblically um and and all the rest that's why we want to spend some time on it <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely so i was doing a, a little bit of a research on it, um, and I, I just pulled up a uh, a Pew Research study, and uh, it was I think it was done in 2018, where um, it said 50% of people who are 15 and older are married. Um, okay, but then it said 35%, uh, and I think this is just for the United States, but 35% of births are to unmarried women, and as far as the divorce rate, it's usually about half of the marriage rate so like per thousand persons mm. however many people are however many marriages take place there's about half as many divorces 
So um, it seems like, and uh, I know that I don't have the numbers with me, but I do know that it, it has kind of changed a little bit since previous generations or previous years. I think either either people are getting married less or they're waiting longer mm. to get married. And certainly a lot more births are happening outside of marriage. Uh, um, either there's no marriage involved or the marriage comes after after the fact. Um, and as far as divorce goes, I don't have as far, I don't really have the numbers on, on whether it's increasing or decreasing or not, but it's certainly, certainly a big factor and it's mm. certainly there. And it, at the very least, it's easier to get divorced now, you know, with some of the no-fault divorce laws and things like that, rather than maybe in the, in the past, it would have been much more difficult uh, perhaps even a little bit more shameful or a little bit more stigmatized to get divorced, sure. if that makes sense there. So um, essentially, I mean, it seems like marriage is no longer being uh, respected in a lot of our culture today, mm. um, not just by the society, but also by the government itself, you know, maybe not protecting or preserving or seeking to encourage uh marriage um do, do you see that as well or or yeah i think so i mean I, I think that one of the i mean like you said no fault divorce in my mind was a really pivotal social turning point right i mean for for whatever we think about one's for whatever one holds to as a definition of marriage i think most can agree that you know that point at which at least in american society the definition became much more flexible um I, I think ties back to no, no fault divorce. Um, you know, at that point, you really are, um, for, at least in the eyes of the state, uh, seeing marriage as something um, much, much more flexible, a little bit less covenantal in in ways that you know we might understand as 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 Christians. Um, you know, and there's some would say for better, some would say for worse. Um, hmm. the, those, I, you know, I, I've heard plenty of folks argue along the lines that marriage itself as an institution is, is antiquated and ought to really be done away with. Or it's oppressive. Or it's oppressive, right. I mean, yeah. you know, the idea that really what it boils down to, like we had talked about earlier, is a contract. And, and a contract can come in as many shapes and sizes as consent can come in. And that includes the, the temporal piece, right? So you, you might have a wedding lease, or a marriage lease, mm -hmm. as opposed to a, a you know a covenant or a contract. Um, so it's it's a it's a tricky thing. And I think at the end of the day, what we really want to come back to, right, is what does um, what does the Bible say yeah. marriage is, uh, right? Like so we can we we've thought through you know some of these kind of biblical trajectories, and you know we've talked through some of Ephesians five. So you might say, you know, what is marriage, which is what we kind of kicked off with here, um, almost like from a, a definition standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then from that definition, we can tease out a lot of um, very rich, practical application, I think. What's uh, Give one. What are your, your thoughts? Put you on the spot there. One oh, practical sure. application there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the yeah. church. All right. Let's talk about that for a minute, right? Because yeah. That sets the bar high. <laughs> uh, it certainly does. That is very high bar to meet, and I, I, I confess, brother, there are many times where I fall short of that. Um, you know, it's I was it's this 
you know, I was just driving in the car here to church this morning and I was talking with Emily and she was asking me some kind of question or other. And she posed some hypothetical. I don't even remember what it was. She's like, well, what if, what if this happened? And I was, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, clearly this is never going to happen. So I was like, well, what if the sky was purple? You know, and I, and that was just a rude offhanded comment. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I was, you know, whatever. And then she was like, well, you don't have to be rude. And I'm like, dang, you're right. I'm sorry. That was a Jerk, How dare jerk way you, to say it. it's just it's just not nice right you know no, I, I know yeah. it's well what's interesting is like i've i've you know um there are sometimes they'll do these these interviews of couples that have been married for like you know 50 60 70 even years um and what kind of what advice do you give to keep your your marriage strong for that long one of the things that i hear back pretty regularly is um you know be kind to one another mm-hmm. um and and this just was not was not kind on my part. But I mean, certainly, um, Christ loves his church. He, he he's he is uh, he is kind to his church, um, and, and that's one of those things that he's very patient with his church. Anything that you might be able to say, more or less, not everything. It's, remember, we're talking about an analogy between Christ and the church and marriage, not an identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much anything you could say about Christ and the church with respect to his love towards her from heaven he came and sought her yeah. we, we read in in um, uh, in Philippians about how Christ came down and humbled himself and condescended to come down to to seek his bride right I mean that's really what what it is he he came down and took on flesh and and became uh, took on a, a human uh, nature so that he could win over his bride yeah. really right like and now what would we do as husbands are we gonna like do the, like yeah. we got to step up you know what i mean yeah um <laughs> so jesus uh you say he came and he killed the dragon rescued the princess <laughs> essentially in, in one sense in, yeah. one, in one sense uh yeah but i mean but it uh, you know on the other hand it's the, the here's one key difference right because yeah. it's an analogy it's not an identity one key difference is i'm not perfect like christ that's true. right christ's love is perfect and it never fails it never wanes it's never cold yeah, you know, contrast my love, and and I was just just in the car this morning. I'm like, man, I just that was a jerk move, right? I just like said something that was not super kind. Well, and, you know, I I you know, if we're you know, since we're throwing it all on the table right now, <laughs> publicly, yeah. no, I even this morning, yeah, I I had a, I had a struggle because, uh, uh, and I, I, Renee would be okay with me saying this is like she thinks things out verbally, yeah, a lot of times. So if we're getting ready in the morning, she will say something to kind of remind herself. Mm-hmm that this is something that needs to get done. And she might do that repeatedly, but it, sometimes I think that she's telling me mm. these things. And so if if she repeats something to me, I know that this morning I was a little bit uh, testy as well. And I, I said, yeah, I, I know that you don't have to tell me again. Mm. Um, but she was doing it to remind herself. Yeah. Verbally, yeah, if you will, you know, it's not. It wasn't really like she was asking me a question right. or telling me to do something. It was just a a general reminder there. But these are things that, you know, as we all have different, I guess, um, habits or ways of doing things. That as you get to know your spouse more and more, and that's another a big difference is that Christ knows His church perfectly, mm. like from before the foundation of the world and we do not we do not know our wives perfectly and we're growing in that knowledge as husbands or at least we should be right um, from the moment that we started dating and then 
we got married, um, and even now we, we should be growing and, and, and learning more about our spouses, or at least trying to, you know, um, so that we can be uh, better, better husbands there. And so, yeah, the, the analogy is not a, a one-for-one analogy. Um, just like, for instance, I can't, I can't die for the sins. I mean, I can't atone for my wife's sins right. as Christ does. I can't take his place right. for that. He atones for the sins of his bride, and he is Lord over everything, yeah. me and my wife. And even though it does say that the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, as Paul says, that's not a one-for-one perfect, you know... It's not an identity. Identity there, yeah, because, yeah, it's an analogy. you know, she submits... My wife is to submit to Jesus mm-hmm. um, um, when I'm deviating right. from Jesus, yeah, essentially. That's right. that's you exactly know, right. as, kind of like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Yes. So, yeah. in that way, yeah, as long as... As long as I, as a husband, am submitting to the Lord, then certainly the wife should and should follow me and and whatnot. But as soon as I deviate yeah. from the Lord, she should stand firm in her faith in Christ and and in a way and basically call me to to repent and to and to not um, deviate there. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's just another example. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. I, I think that's exactly right. And it's it's a it's a call to that where the bar is set high, but it's something to which we are we are called to pursue in yeah. in growth and grace as husbands, right? So, for example, um, so First Peter three, you know, dwell with your wife according to knowledge, right? And it, that's just one of those things where, like, look, all of you know, if if you're uh, if you're out there and you're, you're as a husband, you have a wife. Um, our our wives are different, right? They they like yeah. different things. Yeah. They they're 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 individuals, right? They still are who they are, um, and and as you said, right? They're going to one day give an account before the Lord, and and are going to be clothed as individuals before Christ, right? So like, and we wash them with the Word, um, or actually, we can we can come back to that one. It's a question of whether you know husbands are washing with the Word there, Christ is washing with mm. the Word, um, but anyway, we can come back to that exegetical question. But I think in, in in either case, the wife is going to give an account to the Lord, right, for for the role that she played. So just how we are going to give an account to the Lord for the role we played. Now, knowing that and kind of knowing that our wives are different. So now the question is, what are we as husbands doing to facilitate uh, our wives' um, n- n- growth and grace? Uh, but then, but then even beyond that, you know, what are we doing to facilitate their? Um, their joy, right? So, like, Christ gives good gifts to his church. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, uh, there was, I, I talked to one uh, one faithful gentleman who had been married for a number of years, and uh, he, he would, his wife loved tennis, right? So she would yeah. go every, you know, a couple days uh, in a week, and they, they would go and they would have their tennis club, and, and he would watch the kids, right? He's mm-hmm. she, like, honey, go and, like, what do you enjoy? You know, or do you want to? Is it a book club? Or do you enjoy playing tennis in this in this guy's case? What do you enjoy? And then, what can we do as husbands to kind of serve you in that and to facilitate mm-hmm. that for you, so that you get a break from the kids, right? Or so that you get you know some time with your girlfriends mm-hmm. and you go out and you just enjoy time with your girlfriends? Because like, I mean, I, like we get we get guy time, right? We just had skeet and meat uh, yesterday. I didn't make it, by the way. I wasn't able I, to I, make I was it bummed. either. But it, but it. Um, 
here at church um, at Hilltown Baptist Church, we had a we had a men's get together, mm-hmm. and they have, like women's get togethers and stuff like that too. And usually what, not skeeting me. No, yeah, they're not usually doing skeet me. I mean, they, I guess they could, but but yeah. I think, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, right? I think the question is like when these when these kinds of opportunities come up, you know, mops. Mops is a great example. I mean, oh, yeah. your wife Renee does yes. a lot for mops, yeah. and I'm you know grateful for her service. Emily, my wife, has benefited tremendously from that. What does it look like for us to? enable them in that and to empower them in that and to facilitate mm-hmm. that so that they can go and do those kinds of things. Um, it's just one way of, of knowing our wives, knowing what, you know, um, who they are as individuals and how they, how they express that and how we can help to facilitate that. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that that goes a long way just towards, towards that. And, you know, the same is true in the, in the reverse. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to eventually, uh, get our wives on and we can talk about yeah about the aspect of submission that's mm-hmm. always got that's always got that's always the bad word that's the naughty word yeah. in our culture today yeah, yeah. but it's not just naughty as far as marriage no one likes to submit it's true in any context yeah at yeah. any time because we're a very individualistic autonomous prideful culture yeah. but that being said i want to definitely take a look more about as husbands and you know i think about how we can how we can live like that, how we can be Christ-like. Um, um, and it's it's that idea of servant leadership. I mean, being yeah. the head, being a leader does not mean being a, a boss, a tyrannical boss, if you will. I mean, I've heard, um, I, I like John Piper's analogy when he, he talked about marriage. He talked about the example of servant leadership, mm-hmm. essentially, how when Jesus was um, washing his disciples' feet. Mm. There was, uh, even though he was performing the act of a slave or a servant, there was no doubt in the mind of anyone who was the leader in that room, like in that moment. There was no doubt. That's good. So, I mean, in a similar way, as husbands, uh, if we're trying to love our wives as Christ loved the church, I mean, it's it's a servant sacrificial leadership. Uh, it's not so much the leader saying, go and do this. You know, I, I command you now, go and do this. It is, come follow me mm. as I do this. As I lead our family, would you follow me? Would you join me yeah. in this? And and let me let me make it as easy as possible yes. for you to follow Yes, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. I think that's important. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, well, because like... You know, it's it's one of those things where, like, if um, if if we are with with respect to the to the leadership piece, you know, if 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 husbands are are executing that well, you know, in in theory, uh, oh, oh, the wife should not would not feel um, like there's any kind of iron fist. She's not going to feel like that she's she's being compelled in some kind of way. Yeah. That's you know what I mean necessarily. Um, no, I mean, if you have you have a Christian wife and you have a Christian husband, and and there's there's a husband who's who's executing some kind of initiative taking or 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 leadership in some kind of direction, um, you know, as you know, what you think of it this way uh, again as a kind of a Tim Keller uh, example, but he he says um, to his wife, he says, "What is what does she want?" Right? Yeah. That's kind of the first question. And then, you know, of course, you, you have this filter in there of, you know, is it sinful? Yes, no. But then beyond that, you say, okay, what does she want? And that's my default to say yes. And I think of what I want secondarily, 
right? Mm-hmm. O- you know, only after what does she want? Even you know, maybe in in some examples, um, you know, what do what does the family want to do for for fun on a weekend or mm-hmm. something like that? And I put what I want behind that, because um, that's not really where the meat of this leadership piece is. You know, what we do on a weekends. You know, so there, you don't. It's not a it's not a good example of Christian uh, uh, husband headship in the home. To say, well, you know, I'm the husband, therefore we're going to watch football this Sunday. You know, yeah. I, I mean that you. <laughs> that's just that's not the that's not the. Um, we don't want to. You have an authority as a husband, and it's not meant to be lorded over. A selfish. In a selfish manner, exactly. That's not how Christ uses His authority. Um, now, do we fall short of that at times? I, I, yeah, I, I know I do. You know, you, you know what? I give you another example of just me being yeah, yeah. A, being a knucklehead. Since you know, like you said, we're putting it on the table. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, well, I, dude, I was a total knucklehead. So um, <laughs> when I was in college, and I, I think this is just something that's I don't know. Maybe it's part and parcel of being young in the faith, and and kind of I, I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, I would be out. You know, at, at this time, you know, I was, um, you know. Uh, still dating Emily. I, the whole word dating, I know, has different connotations. Um, yes. But it was, it was dating Emily, courting Emily, whatever your preferred language there. Um, and I remember there would be times when um, I would be having these, what would you call them, like question and answer sessions with with those mm-hmm. who were not Christians, mm-hmm. um, those some maybe who identified as atheists or, or there was a very large Muslim population. This was in college. And I'd be up, you know, having long conversations about about the gospel with these folks for hours and hours and hours into yeah. the wee hours of the night. And poor Emily, you know, a lot of times she would be there for some of these, you know, Q&A sessions yeah. uh, or, or discussions, you know, just, I just, you know, to be supportive and to be encouraging and all the rest. But it'd be like, you know, one, one in the morning, you know, and she's like <laughs> starting to pass out two in the morning, this conversation's still going on. She's starting to pass out. And she would just get frustrated with me. And I was like, honey, don't you understand that eternity could hang in the balance for these, <laughs> for these people? Like, like, don't you, don't you, don't you see how like, that's just so much more important than like, you know, whatever inconvenience you're going through. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then flash, you know, flash forward now, um, maybe about, uh, another five years down the road, okay. six years down the road. I'm at a church service. This is yeah. when I was living in Texas. So at a church service. And, you know, after the service, the pastor calls people up. It's like, hey, if you have any questions about anything we talked about, come talk to me. Happy to do it. Well, this one this one dude came up to the pastor after this church service, um, and he said, he said, oh, I would love to, you know, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I've been really interested in Christianity for a while, but I have these, you know, these uh, holdups, right? Um, can, can we go out to lunch sometime? This is what the pastor said. And the pastor said, let me check with my wife. And I was like, dude, how do you do it? Like to me, in my mind, I was just like an instant yes, absolutely, right? Not even a question. How do you like check with, under what circumstance could you say no? Like eternity hangs in the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a talk with him after that, you know, because eventually I, I did get it. This was not me asking him, but then eventually I, did, I went out to lunch with him. And I raised this very question to him. Mm. Um, and he, he's like, he's like, A, it's in the Lord's hands. Right. You're yeah. not you're not you might, you know, uh, you might uh, water, you know, you might plant the seed, but God's yes. going to water it exactly. give the increase later on. Yeah. Later on mm-hmm. Right. So it's not in your hands anyway. B, 
B, so, you know, but B, keep in mind that, you know, when you're married, it's not just you anymore. Like you mm-hmm. are not just you. We talked about, you know, fostering and facilitating the wife's enjoyments as an individual. And that's important. That's, that's certainly there. But you're not just an individual anymore. You're, you're, you're now one with this person. So, so my schedule is not my own. Yeah. My life is not my own. That's right. There are things that are, it's just, it is not my own. These are things that I need to come to a consensus with if there's going to be, um, if there's going to be a fixed unity in that marriage. Otherwise, if I start trying to go off and do my own thing, I mean, that's not, that's not loving my wife. That's not loving this other half of the better half of me. Mm. Right. Um, and that was just, that was a little bit of a paradigm shift for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It seems like, uh, and not that I mean, we can talk about this another time as well, but the idea of, of, of men being more interested in, in the adventure or, sure. or, or things and, and women more so with uh, um, interest in people and the relationship there. Um, and certainly we have this idea that, you know, in the garden, um, God gave Adam the command to, to uh, tend the garden mm-hmm. and to guard it mm-hmm. in that regard. And, and then, and then Eve is is coming alongside of, of him, and they're both accomplishing the purpose of, of being fruitful, multiplying, filling the earth, and take dominion. And it seems like, um, you know, as 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 men, we want to a lot a lot of us want to go out. We want to go do these things. You know, we have all these adventures and these, um, these plans that we want to accomplish. And it could be starting that business, or it could be right. evangelizing that friend or that group of of people or you know i want to be that missionary i want to go out in the field i want to i want to bring the gospel to to the nations over on that other side of the planet Hmm. and it's important though to think about well what about your wife exactly what about your your family where do they fit yeah in that i mean yeah you you want to do that adventure but it's not just you like you said you're you're taking them with you yeah, and now we okay. So we're harping on the husbands here a little bit. Yeah. But now yeah, yeah. So the flip side is also true, though, right? So like, and I, you know, if 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 you're if you're a, a wife to to in a Christian family, and if if the Lord is so, because you ultimately you're going to the husband's calls to follow Christ, the wife's calls to follow Christ to follow her husband insofar as he follows Christ. Yes. Right. So now, if the Lord puts this um, burden on your husband's heart to be a missionary in, you know, wherever. Yeah. Um, or, or to um, evangelize this friend, um, then, then part of what that, part of what that call looks like for, for the wife, I do think is to say, okay, how can I facilitate this in my husband? How can I enable him to, to do that, which God has called him to do? Um, so you don't, the idea here is not that there is this, resistance between uh, a husband's call and, and a wife's desire mm. but rather yeah. that there is this um, there's a there's this cohesion where um, both are behaving in a in a Christ-like manner where the the husband says um, to his wife look honey you know I love you I want to I want to you know check in with you on this he's he's behaving with servant leadership right there's this there's this ring of, of humility to uh, he's not just going to go out and lone gun it and do what he wants to do. Well, no. Yeah, he shouldn't. He's, he's not, he can't, right? He's, yeah. he's not just an individual. He's not just him. He is not his own. 
On the other hand, though, that does not then give uh, a, a Christian wife license to to uh, one up that and and put and and you know raise a bit of an iron fist herself and say, "Well, you're darn right, you're not going to do this without me," and I'm saying no. Right? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's not meant to work that way, right? It's meant to be both parties kind of throwing down crowns before one another, where where the husband says, "Honey, I'm I'm." I love you, and I want to bring you into this, and I'm checking yeah. on this with you. Yeah, the Lord has set this on my heart. The Lord has set this on my heart. What are your thoughts on this? What do you think about this, right? And and it's so the, the wife is not meant to see that as a power play or to take advantage of that yeah. as a power play. No, I'm, I'm not saying all wives do, just as like I'm not saying all husbands do the opposite either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there can be a tendency in all of our hearts as human beings to try to usurp some power, and, and the wife might, you know, the, the wife's posture in that regard would be like, what does it look like that, to show that God has really put this on your heart, you know, have you gotten counsel on this uh, the, the from, elders. From, from the elders? Yeah. Exactly. Have you talked about this with men in your church? Um, is this something about which you know you're you're getting counsel from from other godly men, mm-hmm. and then it, and then that being in place lets you and I talk about it. You yeah. know, what does it look like for that to be facilitated in our conversations, and what does it look like for me as a, as a wife to kind of speak into your life as a husband? Yeah. Um, and and then you have that, and then. If that call genuinely is on the husband from the Lord, on the husband to go to, you know, plant a church in East Germany. I think Germany's united now. Yeah. Oh, it's unified. (laughs) We're we're beyond that. I see. I was thinking of it as like (laughs) East Germany. Geographic. Oh, geographic. Yeah. Not the actual nation. North Philadelphia. No, not actual East East Germany. Germany. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but it, like if, if he's going to Cold plant a church somewhere, over. I know. Come on, Dylan. Come on. <laughs> Just as well. That's a that's a good thing. <laughs> Praise God for that. Um, but like if, if if that really is on his, if that really if he's really called to do that, then that will show itself through um, you know kind of a th- through many examples and testimonies of those who those around him yeah. who are affirming that call. So yeah. that at no point is he just making a decision lone gun. You yeah. know, high ho silver. I'm going to Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, you brought to my mind a, a Babylon Bee article that mm. that I read recently. Now, for those of you who are listening, aren't familiar, Babylon Bee is a Christian satire website. It has <laughs> it, it's it's amusing, funny. funny articles from a Christian perspective. It can be, in a it's humorous. It's meant to be satire. Yeah, like the, you know, like like a lot of other publications but anyways i saw an article and most of the time i just read the titles because those are funny enough yeah as as they are i don't necessarily have to read the whole the whole thing but one was i'm trying to remember exactly i couldn't find it recently but it was a local family man laments that he's unable to evangelize um uh, he's not able to to do what god has called him to do he's unable to evangelize people but he has to go home and watch these like three kids and and the, and the idea behind the article was you know, so many, it, w- it was mocking or, or being, uh, it was using satire to highlight how some men, not all of course, but some husbands in the church, maybe they feel that, oh man, I can't do God's work. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't do the Lord's work as far as evangelism because I have to go watch my kids. You know, I have to go do this with my kids, and 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 it's kind of pointing mm-hmm. to the issue, like, hey, listen, that is the Lord's work. Listen, listen, man, <laughs> you are evangelizing and discipling, yes, little people, amen, in your household, yeah, that 
that needs to be like that's not something to laugh at. That's that's not a silly matter. That's responsibility number one. That is responsibility right? number like, one. Right? Like if so, a man is gonna, a man is going to, uh, I would be shepherd. He needs to shepherd his family before he goes and tries to do the same for be a shepherd for others. I agree. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I think that's why Paul mentions that as far as a a, um, a requirement for eldership. Yes. He yeah. needs to be able to handle his household. Right. To manage his household well. Yes, exactly. And to shepherd his household. Because if he can't do that, how can he shepherd the flock? Right. That's right? exactly right. And But I think, and I, I mentioned this because it's a struggle I, th- I know I've had that many, I imagine many other men have had where, mm. where, you know, it's that idea of I'm being, you know, quote unquote domesticated, right? Mm. You know, and maybe... I'm I'm used to during my single life, and you know, thankfully I wasn't single for very long. I mean, I got married at age 25, which, okay, today's standards that's kind of maybe some people would say that's young. I don't know, but I do think there's something to be said where the longer you wait to get married, the more set in your ways you are, mm. and the more sanctification is going to be done to you. And in some ways. It's going to be harder because you're so used to being a bachelor um, and doing things your way and on your own time that the longer you wait to get married, the harder it is. But that being said, even today, you know, there are, are there moments where I think about, man, I mean, I love to go out there and and to do all these things and and go off and, and speak or maybe, you know, evangelize or do this, that and the other thing. And and, you know, I I. Re- I repent. I repent of this when it happens, but there are. I don't deny that there are thoughts where I'm like, man, you know, the the children they they they're slowing me down. Sure. In that sense, and, yeah. and that's a sinful thought. It's yeah. a, and I, I I hate it when I think those things. But there's times where you think that, man, you know, I gotta change more diapers. I gotta do this, that, and the other thing. It's like, why I can't go out and do, quote unquote, the Lord's the Lord's work. work. Yeah, exactly. And I have to repent of that. Uh, in my own heart, yeah. and I know that I'm sure other men feel that way, too. You know, yeah. we want to go out there and do the adventure. We want to go out there and conquer the world. You know, you know, spiritually speaking, or 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 you know, uh, using that kind of a metaphor. But really, we need to uh, take care of our own household first. Yeah, no, I I think that's right, and and I think that's really good, and. And you know, I, I I wrestle with the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there are plenty of examples where, you know, I would love to, um, you know, it, and and you know, if the Lord opens this door in the fullness of time, praise God. But some kind of like uh, vocational uh, teaching ministry would be you know wonderful. But I know, and, and I was on that track. You know, it was kind of personal background stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I was on that track for for a couple of years when I was finishing up. Uh, my time at, at Westminster Theological Seminary, and long story short, um, the Lord, mostly for for family related reasons, said, you know, this is this is not the path that I have for you right now, mm-hmm. and and that was hard. You know that yeah. that was that was a challenging time uh, in our marriage because it was like you know, gosh, if if you know being slowed down or something like that. Yeah, that's right. You know, and and, and one thing that was just like I'm I'm thinking of I just turned open here First Corinthians seven. Yeah. Um, so 1 Corinthians 7, Paul describes singleness and some advantages of singleness that, we mm-hmm. are re- that we're talking about wrestling mm-hmm. with here, right? Um, there's advantages to being single. 
if you if, you know one of the key advantages is if if you're single you can dedicate yourself to the, to the ministry you know I talked to one um, one pastor in the past who uh, he said you know yeah when I was single I could put in like 70 80 hour weeks in the ministry and he would do it and wow. he would just crush it right but like and and that was but he was able to do that because he was single and so Paul can describe singleness as a charisma as a as a grace gift right so but what's interesting is um, so too is is marriage uh, called a, a charisma, right? A grace mm-hmm. gift. So both of these. So singleness is a grace gift. Being married is a grace gift. There's there's a trade off in either case, right? So it, on the married side, it, we have this piece where like it, we we have um, time with the we have to spend time with our wives. Yeah. We have to spend. Not that it's a chore, honey. It's not a chore. It's not a chore, <laughs> no, it's honey. Chore. I love you. Uh, we have to spend time with our kids. Not right? a chore. Also, not a not chore. Not babysitting. Not baby. But but these are things that like um, it, okay, it's not the ministry. So in that sense, there is a trade off. But uh, it's a grace gift, and 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 we are we are laying certain foundations for the for the fam the strong foundations. We said earlier that the family is kind of the foundation of society generally. Well, that is only going to be true insofar as the family itself in the home constitutes a strong foundation. And how is that foundation laid? It's laid through, um, it's laid through husbands in particular, first shepherding their, their families mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do, when you mentioned, uh, I brought up here 1 Corinthians 7. So I, uh, is this what you're talking about there? Uh, in verse 32, it says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. Yes. Is that what you're getting at there? And, and talking about, uh, there, there is advantages to, to being unmarried in that sense. But I find interesting how the assumption that Paul is, is bringing here is that anxious for the things of the Lord. Yes. That's, That's the key. singleness yeah. there. So being single, the advantage is not I can be selfish. I can go to the club. I can do whatever I want. I can go party. Yeah, it's I can not party. that. I can party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that. It's not that. It's actually the person who's single the understanding is that, is that they are going to be, the Christian, single Christian, is going to be focused on the things of the Lord. Right. That's exactly right. That's the key there. That's exactly right. And it's right. true. They can devote 80 hours a week for ministry of some sort. And I think that's true of any Christian, right? I mean, the Christian, a Christian is one who, among other things, yeah. knows that, that they are not their own. Yes. Right? That's they, true. They were bought at, a, at, a, at the highest price, price of, yeah. of, shed, of Christ shed blood. There is no higher price, um, and and now knowing that, you know, <laughs> under what circumstance are we going to go be like, you know, I'm going to live my life for me. You yeah, know, no, th- thanks Jesus. <laughs> right? like, yeah. It's just, it's just, there's this such an incongruity there with that, with with that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that, no, but that's absolutely right. That's that's a pivotal point. Yeah, so I mean, there are so many things it seems like that as husbands, just just even just talking about, we're just talking about husbands for the most part. Mm-hmm. And different ways in which husbands, um, we often fail. Yeah. You know, so just, you know, kind of summarizing it, it's, it's you know, there's that struggle with going on the adventure, doing the, doing the task, and, and, and sometimes wanting to leave the family behind or not, you know, not running ahead without them. Yes. You know, not helping them, you know, stay with, stay with us or, or thinking about them behind us. I mean, you don't, 
as a leader, you don't want to leave your people behind. Right. You can't you serve just, them. You empower. You them. can't just go off and say, "All right, everyone, keep up." Right. You know, let's hope you can keep up. And if you can't, well, I'm sorry for you. Yep. That's not. That's not a good leader. That's exactly right. Um, in that regard, and there's probably a whole bunch of other things. I mean, some men might be struggling with not leading. Yeah. They just kind of abdicate. They just want to sit on, you know, I want to go home. I want to crack open a cold one. That's the elder's job. And I want to um, yeah. watch watch TV. Sure. You know, and as far as children's discipline or, or education or let's even talk about um, discipling, mm-hmm. you know, we we kind of punt. We, we abdicate. Maybe we call it delegating. But it's not really delegating. No, that's actually ab- abdicating your responsibility. You know, say things. Well, well, you know, my wife she handles, she handles the, the children's discipline. You know, and mm-hmm. I step in when she asks me to. Mm-hmm. Well, is that really right? Is that really what we're going for here? Or it's like, or hey, the church handles the um, the discipling of the children, teaching them the scriptures, teaching them how to pray, that's teaching them how point. to read their Bible. Yeah. So I don't need to. You know, I'll get involved when the church asks me to. Well, it seems like you might have that a little backwards there. You yeah, know, yeah, that's an application, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, so that's just kind of two examples, you know, kind of not. They're both they're both not leading, right. if you will. One is I'm gonna run off into the wild blue yonder, and you follow me if you keep up. And the other one is I'm just gonna sit here and and kind of relax, and I need to unwind and and take care of myself and. Yeah. I'll get involved when someone asks me to. Or I've got other stuff to do. I've got other too, stuff. Too busy with other stuff. You yeah. Know, the, the church can handle all the discipleship stuff. And, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, totally. The wife can put them all to bed. Right. You know, I got I got some reading to do. I got some newspapers to cover. And I got to catch up on my sports, things like that, you know. So I think both are failures of leadership. They're mm-hmm. both not leading. Yeah. In different ways, though. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, so, excuse me. So I know that um, that it it can be, it's it's kind of it's similar to the evangelism thing again, right? We were just talking about earlier, where it's like there's this good thing, that you want to do, right? And and in order to do this good thing, we would you know um, forego consulting our wives. Or forgo, or just kind of yank them along. Yeah. You know, oh well, honey, of course you're going to stay up with me till two in the morning while I, you know, have a conversation with this, you know, Muslim friend. Of course. Right. It, of course you will. It, no, it's 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 not that right. So so similarly in this case, right? There's this. A lot of times, as as a husband, you know, for me, one of the things I I wrestle with is that here's this good thing I want to do, and for me, it's work. Right. I mean, you you know my schedule is I know. nuts, Pretty right? Crazy. So yeah. But see, this is something that is is a struggle with me that I that I'm still kind of like trying to strike a right balance in my own life. Is like, you know, I know that I need to provide for my family, right? Okay, here's a yeah. good thing to do. Yeah. I know I have to work hard as under the Lord. Here's a good thing to do, right? But now the question is, is that going to come at the expense of other? non-negotiable responsibilities Mm -hmm. such that those things get abdicated so i give an example and i i hope you know emily i hope you don't mind my sharing this Uh, but about about um a week ago so the way that i think because time is a finite resource right so i think of my time and how i spend my time think of it kind of like a pie chart right and i i give this you know x percent to work and you know y percent 
to, uh, you know, whatever time I, I can get to just kind of, you know, uh, personal edification and growth and study, and then Z percent to family. Okay, so, so I'm talking, I'm having this conversation with Emily, and Emily was, was really struggling because she wanted to get, you know, kind of a regular date night, which P.S., great idea, super important to, to Very lock to do. down. Very hard to do, but clutch if you can, you got, it's super important. So here, but here's the mistake I was making, and she pointed this out to me, and I'm super grateful she did. She said, you know what? I said, but honey, what do you mean date night? Because we just, like, I look at all this time I spend with you. Now, what I was doing in my, and this comes back to dwelling with your wife and knowledge. What I was doing was I was counting any family time mm -hmm. as time with her. Okay, so whether that's time with her and Brielle or time with extended family, you know, we're going to see the in-laws or we're going to see my folks, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's she and I and Brielle are all going you know, in my mind, this is time with family. This is that that part it of it fits the, in that category. It fits in that category. Yeah. And Emily said, "No, no, 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 no. That's not how." She's like, "That's not how I think about this." Yeah. She's like, "The way I think about this is, you got like time with family, with you know me and Brielle. You know, maybe you got time with extended family. Just time with family. That's fine." She's like, "You got to have this whole other slice yeah. in that in another there category for for yeah. just time with me and you." And I was like. You got me there, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you need a category time with the bride. Yes, right? yes, yes. That's so important. And I and I just like mentally, and I didn't even realize it, but just like mentally, I just was not doing that. Um, so, you know, praise God for a patient wife because, you know, we, we had a great, really great conversation from there. And uh, see, we actually had our first date night a couple, couple nights. It was like Friday night in a couple months. So, uh, yeah. But mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's this thing over and over again, a lot of times for husbands, right? It's like, we're pulled by something that we see as good. Yeah. And that could be evangelism. Yeah. That could be, you know, working hard. And we can justify it with all kinds of biblical reference. Sure, we can. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we, you know your Bible. Of course, we've got to, you know, evangelize. Of course, we yeah. want to work as under Make the Lord. Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, we, we know that. And we say, I'm going to do this good thing that God has told me to do. But, but in doing that, we cannot neglect what else God has absolutely non-negotiably called us to do. That's right. The priorities that we have. The priorities that we have to our families and That's to exactly. our wives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, this is a, a heavy topic. We only scratched the surface. Yeah. There's so I, many oh, other things so we true. talk about that's as so far true. as husbands. And of course, you know, bring on our wives and talk about uh, 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 wives and, and, and the role there yeah. and how that, how that works together. But well, we are running uh, short of time here. But before we close, I know that we started – Doing a kind of proverb of the day, quarter, proverb sort of, of the day. proverb of the day, of the but day. we're gonna make it something <laughs> like a proverbial challenge or uh, or uh, whatnot. So challenge. so Dylan here is on the chopping block. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. So I'm gonna throw <laughs> Dylan out a proverb, uh -oh. and he has like what maybe like a minute or so, oh, maybe maybe two. I'll, maybe I'll give you two minutes oh, to give man. me your thoughts and, and application okay. to it. Are you ready? No. You ready for the not ready for yes, the proverb? Yes, go ahead. All right, here, here's here's my proverb for you. Proverb Proverbs 25:24. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. And go. <laughs> oh man, Proverbs 25:24. Um Oh man, then with a quarrelsome wife. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, all right. So, so all things considered, um, w 
there, there are many things that we've been discussing today that are not befitting of a Christian husband to do. Okay. Uh, so this proverb kind of flips that a little bit. It says, what now, and this is something that, you know, we can get our, our wives on to speak to this in a little bit more, more detail, I think, uh, another time. Now, if we're going to flip that a little bit, what are some things that are not becoming of a of a Christian wife to do? So I'm, I'm walking on thin ice here, I realize, but um, but there's 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 thicker ice behind it because at the end of the day, it is scripture. Um, so <laughs> so one of the things that can be challenging. Let's talk about. We, we talked earlier about things that can really run a wife down, right? Uh, heavy handedness mm-hmm. can really run a wife down. Um, just kind of this willingness to kind of leave her behind and go and do your own thing, e- even with all the best intentions in the world, can really run her down. Well, there are, there are things that can really run husbands down, right? So so quarrelsomeness is is the word that's chosen here. Um, argumentativeness, mm-hmm. you might say, or or trying to pick a fight over over little things. Um, I think you know. I'll give you an example, um, not not from real world experience, but just an example that would come to my head. I can imagine this happening. Yeah. Where you know, um, husband comes home, and uh, you know he he's been working all day, and he's and he is tired, um, and and you know she she wants to, she said, you know, well, honey, you know, you just came home. How you know how come you didn't you know, the first? Why is it that the first thing you did when you came home wasn't doing the dishes? And I thought we talked about this a week ago. You said you were going to do the dishes. Now you, now you, how, are you going back on your promise and da 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 yeah, and like, yeah. and I'm just like, yo, I just got home. <laughs> I worked a 12 hour day. You know what I mean? Um, argumentativeness over mm-hmm. things that, um, in the grand scheme of things, are are maybe not worth picking fights over. Um, at least not at that time. At least not at that time, right? There, there's there's a time for these kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, and and when a wife is quarrelsome or you might say like you know being being argumentative or just you know um stir in the pot there have been you know plenty of times where um you know someone might say oh gosh i, I want to avoid giving too many like real world examples it's okay here. no no you know you have like you know, no no give a real world example yeah put yourself no, on the hook <laughs> yeah no i gave you a challenging problem yeah, there yeah 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 um, but there are definitely times where, where someone might say something to you and you're just like, honey, like, are, are we really trying to discuss this right now? Like, is this is this the right time? Is this the right place yeah. to really, like, have this conversation? Um, or and, and maybe, you know, push, push. She keeps pushing the pushing the question, pushing yeah. the issue. Like, yeah. no, I want an answer. We're going to talk about this now. Um, and I'm just like, you know, mm, th- that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Yeah. And it kind of makes me want to go live on the corner of a rooftop, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I love how how uh, the proverb uh, puts it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, just kind of argument. So that's, you know, Christian wives out there. That's just something to, you know, dwell with your husband in knowledge. Like know him and know the know his schedule and know his his, his weaknesses his weaknesses and his sleep patterns and if and his fatigue and you know it may not be the most fitting time to yeah. go and address whatever thing is like kind of whatever whim is on your your mind or your heart that's yeah. been you know, gnawing at you and, and now he's here and now he needs to address it right then and there. Uh, or, or it's, or in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's something that can be let go, right? Cause it's really just maybe satisfying an idle curiosity yeah. that's not really beneficial to the marriage in the long haul. Yeah. I mean, those are things to consider. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, that, Dylan. Uh, it was like a more of a five minute there. Was it? Oh, it's all wow. good. It's all good. I gave you a tough one. I gave you a tough one, but good job. Bad at good this job. I think you thing. did well on that, the, handling that proverb. 
so uh, with that, though, uh, again, we thank you for tuning in uh, to Two Guys in a Bible. Uh, again, uh, please look us up on, on Facebook. You can also email uh, any questions, thoughts that you have at uh, Two Guys in a Bible dot podcast at gmail.com that's t-w-o two guys in the bible dot podcast at gmail.com and we will see you all again next time god bless god bless